This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Writer's Block. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. And holy shit, am I excited for today's episode. Woo! <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this will be a milestone episode. This is a very important episode because we're reviewing Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh. 3D. Oh, but, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we're reviewing the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The one that put horror on the map baby so we'll treat it like any other episode but we'll have a lot more to talk about um since it's such an important film we'll start out giving a brief review and our score for the movie i mean i mean do we really need to we wait could for, probably just uh, skip it you can all infer what we're gonna say we score on a scale of one to ten this is more for future reference if you listen to our other episodes we score on a scale of one to ten one being miserable um, like you can't even make fun of it so bad. Five being completely average. It meets all your expect expectations and nothing more for seeing a movie. And then 10 being so good that it's not only one of the greatest horror movies of all time, but it transcends the genre and is an important film to see for anyone. Yeah. Uh, later we'll be doing taglines where we, uh, come up with some alternate taglines for the movie that we're reviewing. Uh, but mostly today we're just going to talk about the classic horror slasher, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But first, we want to tell you about our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. Very easy to remember. That's HorrorMovieTalk.com. You can find links to our social media there. We'll, we're active on Twitter and Facebook. And we just posted, you know, our third or fourth picture on Instagram, probably from David. <laughs> um, we post every, we post new episodes every Wednesday. So subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform that allows reviews. Not all of them do. Do it. But most importantly, rev- oh. subscribe and share it with friends. Also, you can support the show by uh, clicking through to Amazon for from our button on our website. There's a green button in the header that uh, if you buy stuff on Amazon, if you're planning on buying anything, anything, if you click through on that button, we'll get a little taste. Also, Shudder is a horror movie streaming service. It's the Netflix of horror. You probably heard of it. If you haven't tried it out, well, have I got a deal for you. If you use HMT at checkout... HMT for Horror Movie Talk, you will get a 30-day free trial instead of the 7-day free trial. So um, that's our gift to you. And you can use that. You can use your newfound Shutter subscription to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is exclusively featured on Shutter right now. Yes. Um, who knows if it'll still be there when we release this episode. But I think we should release this sooner rather than later. I, I'd, just, I'd be in favor of that if we're going to... Anyway, um, so we've got uh, that, and also, but I think they it goes on and off Shutter, anyways. Even if it's not on Shutter, at it'll the be time, on Amazon. It'll, it'll be it'll be on Shutter again. Like, yeah, and and right now you can't even watch it on Amazon. Amazon just redirects you to Shutter. Yeah, 
Okay, thanks again for listening, and this is going to be a great show. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the classic. Um, so for a quick intro to the movie, if you don't know what it's about, Texas Chainsaw Massacre stars Mike Myers as a San Francisco poet who fears commitment and suspects his girlfriend to have a knack for killing off her significant others. What? That's not... Oh, wait, that's So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so, no, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the story of a massacre that happened in Texas mm. that involves a chainsaw. Right. It's pretty simple. Okay. So, uh, actually, maybe the intro crawl to the movie explains it best. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. Annals. The Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Franklin, the invalid. <laughs> it was a simpler time. Yeah. Uh, so, little known fact. I don't know if this is little known. Did you know who the narrator for that opening crawl is? <laughs> no, I don't. John Larroquette. Uh Oh. I still don't know who that is. Oh. <laughs> From Night Court? Night Court. You'd, you'd recognize John Larroquette. Okay. But, yeah, John Larroquette from Night Court. That's what I know him from. But he's in, like, a bunch of TV series and bit parts. And Did you watch stuff. Night Court? Yes. You were a boring child. You didn't watch Night Court? How did you watch Night Court? N Night Court was delightful. Okay. On TV. I don't know. But what channel? Like, TV Land? No, it was, like, still on reruns on network television when I was young. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, right. like, Channel 12 or something like that. Oh, gross. Um, anyways, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, like David already mentioned, it's on Shutter right now. Um, use our promo code to uh, get a free subscription, or a free trial. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is obviously regarded as one of the greatest horror movies of all time and has been highly influential in the genre. If I had to describe the movie in one word, it would be unhinged. Yeah, this uh, Texas Chainsaw really, in a lot of ways, transcended itself and the genre for a long, even till now, like... It's so it's so strange and out of left field and grimy um, that it it really uh, it really pushed every boundary at the time. And to be honest with you, it's it's still pretty unhinged. Yeah. No, I mean, so I will admit, and this is embarrassing, and this takes away all my credibility on this podcast from now on. But I have not watched this movie all the way through until last night. See, that's interesting. That gives you a different, a little bit of a different perspective on this because, because <clears throat> I've watched it a, a couple times. And, um, and one thing I, and so is Carrie. And we were watching it again last night. And the, the, whatever edition they have on Shutter right now is beautiful. 
Yeah. And it's remastered or something. Yeah, it's like the 40th anniversary release or something like that. It's it let me tell you, every other like I rented it from the movie store back when VHS was a thing. I've watched digital versions of it and all of them looked uniquely terrible in how grainy they were mm-hmm. and dark. The, the the just the copies of the of of the of the film of the film was. Yeah. And this was not not so much, which Took a little bit away, like it was, like you could see more in this, uh-huh. which both was terrifying and less, more terrifying and less terrifying in certain ways, you uh-huh. know, it added and subtracted, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful version of it. I've never seen it before and it was, it was a different movie for me. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, yeah, I went, I went into it with fresh eyes. I started it several months ago. I think I, I started watching like the opening scene right around when we started the podcast or before um but i i just didn't have have time set aside and i got distracted and did something else but i could tell even just from the opening sequence that this is like oh this is what they're going for here it's really gritty and unhinged and like the acting is like off-putting yeah you know and the the casting and just the the feel of it was immediately it's got that indie dirty feel art house kind of yeah. like too too indie so indie that we can't afford like the proper stuff right but it's also very b movie yeah like it's it's a yeah it's a genre movie but still like you could see that it's uh toby hooper's vision on this, yeah on this movie it's yeah it's it's profoundly well put together and intentional and it's so intentional in its in in the train wreck that it is that it works right. you know it's like well this is this is what it was supposed to be yeah um <clears throat> uh a lot of elements from the film and the low budget could have made this movie a hot mess like there's it could have gone really bad yeah. And even just with the the elements that they had in the movie in terms of like the actors and the and the dialogue and I feel like this could have been a very bad movie very easily with what they had to work with. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh but somehow Toby Hooper, the director, pulls off a coherent and terrifying masterpiece. What do you give it? I mean, I don't wanna hear I don't wanna field any comments for <laughs> For this, so I feel like afraid to give it anything but a ten out of ten. Uh-huh. Um and it deserves it definitely deserves to to be like a ten out of ten just for how important and influential it is. Um in in terms of like going into it blind, um it's hard to not have high high expectations for it when you're you know, I've heard about it all your life. Right. It's the first time seeing it. But for the most part, it, it lives up to all of it. And I'm sure if, like, I was going into it completely blind, like, nev- never had heard of it before, it would be, like, really uh, disturbing. I mean, even... Yeah, I mean, it, it deserves 10 out of 10. I'm not saying that I would give it any less. I, I totally understand I mean, the, what... The lowest I would go would be a 9. I totally understand what you're going for here. Because... Because the expectations have been amped a lot if you haven't seen this yet. And you've seen a billion other slasher movies. You're right. And that, that, by the way, we're all based off of essentially this. Right. Um, 
and it, it, but it, there's there's a bit of a shining thing going on with this movie where just at first glance at first watch it's just it's hard to it's hard to give it the 10 because you you can't really uh, you can't really you can't really look at it objectively and go oh, oh man but but it was so influential and was so ahead of its time and was so fucking disturbing and uh and what they pulled off with that low budget the sets were yeah. insanity yeah i mean it was it was absolute insane it was it was like it was like walk, walking into Ed Gein's house. Yeah. It, and that was one or of my, worse. One of my questions about the production was, where did they get all these bones? It, like, it, oh, it's yeah. an astounding number of... Dead corpses. Dead corpses of all species. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the it truly is really impressive. And I'll say, um, I mean, I went into Shining Blind. I, I saw that pretty late in life, and... I mean, I got to say, this is this one's more impressive on the first viewing and more, like, parsable. Like, it's, I get it immediately. And The Shining, like, I don't know, it was too overhyped for me. And I'm not a huge fan of Stanley Kubrick um, in terms of his directing style because it's so sterile. That what, Would you happen to know what, what year uh, Shining was? It was in the 80s, right? Uh, I can look it up real quick. See, so the the reason I compare, I go directly to The Shining w- w- with the comparison on this is because there's so many elements that these two movies sh- share. And I have a feeling that Kubrick kind of drew some inspiration from this. 1980. Yeah. So this is, that's six years after Texas. And, and my, there's, there's a lot of, um, format elements in the shining that are very similar to el- to quick elements in in Texas which is you get a look at a room that's really fucked up uh-huh. and and then you never get to see that room again but you got to see it mm-hmm. right you get to see this this little s- snippet of absolute abject perversity and and both of these movies do that a lot and do it well and they just hint at, oh my God, this this is truly a nightmarish thing that's going on. Yeah. Um. I mean, I uh, like I would I would hesitate to give. I mean, for me, I would even hesitate to give Shining ten out of ten. Like I, I just have something against Kubrick. I yeah, guess. Like, I, I. It's just not as relatable. I love I love Kubrick so much. And, uh, and, and he's influenced so much of my taste that it's, I mean, I like, I really, really like some of his movies. I know you like clockwork. I love clockwork. Um, I really like, uh, full metal jacket. Yeah. Full metal jacket's great. Um, I'm a big fan of 2001 space odyssey. That's like one, maybe one of my very favorite movies. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. He's, he, he falls into the category of visually. It's amazing every time. Like visually it's like, you can't compare them to pretty much any director yeah but in terms of like storytelling mm. i like he's got i like some the, work. i like the dryness of it i like how sterile it is and how kind of but any but but chainsaw is chainsaw. <laughs> equally like equal to me equally visually compelling in a in a different way obviously it's not super clean it's super dirty it's a totally different 
direction with it, but it's very similar in the elements within. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, take a deep dive and talk about some of the spoiler spoilers. I mean, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, is there really any spoilers? Is there is there anyone? I wonder out of our audience if there's anyone like me that has not seen this movie yet. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm I know of a few guys who I talk to on the regular who definitely haven't seen this yet. All right. Well, spoilers. <laughs> By the, by the way, I give this a 10 out of 10. Yeah. No, no, no problem. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an easy 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the inspiration for this movie. Serial killers. Serial killers. Specifically, there was... And mental illness. Two that were, that were uh, mentioned by the writers. Um, number one is Ed Gain. Yeah. Ed Gain is... Not technically a serial killer, because he only killed two women. Yeah. But he is a highly disturbing person, because he only killed two women, but he would dig up the graves of lots of women. Yeah, he was a he was a necrophiliac, and... Well, technically, Ed Gain said that he wouldn't have sex with them, because they stunk too much. Oh. But... <laughs> But he was he was big into arts and crafts. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so for example, he would take he would dig up their bodies and make stuff from their skin and bones. Um, Lampshades out of you so know, some skin. of some of the stuff that a sto- that authorities found in his house Here when they go. caught him. Um, this isn't even everything. This is just yeah some of the stuff you know some of the hits, uh, <laughs> some of the greatest hits of Todd of of Ted Gain <laughs> of Ed Gain. Ed Gain? Gain. 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 Uh, whole human bones and fragments. A wastebasket made of human skin. Mm. Uh, human skin covering several chair seats. Bowls. I mean, just think about how many and this is people the, that would entail. Just th- those few th- items. This is in the 50s, too. You got to remember. Like, yeah. this, th- like, this is next level fucked up. Yeah. Because of the time frame. Yeah. Um, bowls made from human skulls. Ah, that's boring. Um, what? A, a corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, leggings made from human leg skin. Yeah, he was big into, he was big into, he was, he was, I sent, I mean, Buffalo Bill drew a lot of inspiration from Gein as well, because yeah. Gein liked to wear women's. Yeah, there's three Skin. there's three movies that are directly inspired by Ed Gein. Boy, I can't think of the third one. I mean, for obviously Silence of the Lambs, Texas Chainsaw, what else? Psycho. Oh, Psycho. Yeah. Oh Nor- shit, the mama thing. Yeah. yeah. Norm, Norman Bates. Yeah. So, um yeah, when soon after his mother's death, Ed Gein began to create a woman suit. <laughs> So that, quote, he could become his mother to literally crawl into her skin. Uh-huh. Gein denied oh. having sex with the bodies to be, he exhumed, explaining they smelled too bad. But um, I'm not a pervert. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I am? Some kind of deviant? Some kind of freak? <laughs> um, 
but yeah, he very much like Psycho. He he set up like a shrine to his mom's dead body. Yeah, and like it's I think it said his living room was kind of set aside as a shrine in his mom's room, and he just basically lived out of the kitchen in his room. Yeah, and um, there's a there's an interesting documentary that I watched on him. A very interesting, compelling, uh, and um, yeah, it's 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 great because he's he f- as far as I can tell, he's the guy where th- this this news media trope of he just seemed like such a nice guy. Oh yeah, he was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, he was a little off, but uh, he's he just seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, so he was like. He was five foot five. All the so very was, diminutive. Uh, all his neighbors like knew him and were like, "Hey, Ed," and he'd be like, Meh. He was just like a like basically a farmhand. I yeah. think he lived on a farm, but like he got government assistance, so he didn't do anything. But he would work in the town odd jobs. Odd jobs. Yeah, and they they called him in town Weird Ed, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, yeah, a little on the nose there. <laughs> uh, he lived up to it. All right, I've, I've I've got more stuff that Ed Gein made. You okay, want, you want yeah, to hear? go down the list. Um, so he left off at leggings made of human skin. Um, this is the most important for this movie. <laughs> Masks made from the skin of female heads. Um, a heart in a plastic bag in front of his pot-bellied stove. Nine vulvae. I guess that's the plural of vulva. Vulvae. It's not a vulvo. <laughs> Uh, nine vulvae in a shoebox. Um, I've seen a picture of this a lot. A belt made from female human nipples. Wow. Wait, how do you... What? <laughs> okay, let's go on. Continue. Yeah. I could... Here, I'll pull up a picture. No, so that's see. okay. No. Oh, okay. Um, a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. And a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. So that's also in, like, directly in... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre the, in the family dinner scene. There's a lot. Lamp. Yeah, there's a lot in this in this movie that is very similar to what, what yeah. this list. So that's just some of the stuff. I mean, yeah, there's a treasure trove. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that since or before. That's so. He's so uniquely insane yeah that he inspired all these movies and and other characters i mean all the big ones are uniquely this way right yeah you know like um uh boy what's um my friend uh dahmer so dahmer did a similar sort of thing you know he he would collect body parts and stuff like that and he would it was pretty upsetting. I don't think he. I don't think he was into the arts and crafts like Gein was. Gein was really all about like, hey, let's. I really just need a lampshade. <laughs> well, I mean, Ed Gein was, yeah, he wasn't a serial killer. I don't think he. Like, if you were to profile him, if you were the FBI and profiling him, you would not like use the same, um. Yeah, criteria as a serial killer. He's not like a, necessarily a predator. Ed Gein was literally just like a crazy person. He was like schizophrenic. Right. He was diagnosed as schizophrenic, and you know, just. I think they all are. I mean, well, not schizophrenic. I don't think that's a. They're they're. I mean, Dahmer was schizophrenic. psychopaths. Dahmer was schizophrenic. Was he? Yeah. 
Yeah, he heard lots of voices, and that told him to do stuff. Well, he was also like a huge drunk too. So I don't know how much, how much like drugs and alcohol it, informs it that, or if that's like literally a. I mean, there's maybe a, it was, that was a coping me- mechanism. I'm not sure. The interesting thing in all of in in a lot of I mean, you know, it's the it's the it's the the twine the thread that intertwines serial killers and ultra perverts is seems to be mom fucking you up as a kid. Like if your mom is mean to you or if if your mom doesn't love you or if you just if you got some mama issues, some real bad ones, there's a that I mean, that's your lane. Yeah. (laughs) Potentially. Um, the other one that's that's less mentioned as an influence in uh, terms of killers, the uh, writer Kim Henkel, or the co-writer, um, said, said he definitely studied Gein, but I also noticed a murder case in Houston at the time, a serial murderer you probably remember named Elmer Wayne Henley. He was a young man who recruited victims for an older homosexual man, um... And so he's, if you've never heard of the, um, serial killer, the, this older homosexual guy, Dean Coral, mm. holy fuck. Like I came across this guy on Wikipedia, like a couple years ago. Seeing the cool guy club? The most, I mean, out of all the serial killers that I've heard of, just the most disturbing oh. shit. Like, okay. Frightening, and I think the other thing about it was, um, hold on, Dean Coral. These guys, not cool guys, not, not bros, not bros, very unbro, <laughs> super not broy. I'm trying to find. I think this is one. Oh yeah, so this is the most disturbing Wikipedia article I've read because. Not only does it describe this Dean Coral guy as just a despicable dude that that uh, mentally influenced this other guy that um, the writer mentioned. What's his name? Elmer Wayne Henley. He, like, recruited these other teenage boys to find other victims for him, and then they would all together just torture and murder them and dispose of their bodies. Like, it was a... It was a club. Yeah, it was like a club. But also in the Wikipedia article, there's a photo of one of the victims that was presumably taken by Dean Coral, and it's the most like haunting photo uh, I've ever seen, just yeah. of absolute terror in this person's eyes, uh, like looking up from. How could you do that? Uh, That's so horrific. You know, all but, right, we're getting too real. Let's talk but, about fake murder. But back, but back to Texas. <laughs> like one of my one of the the best parts of this movie to me is how like how it portrays this place and the people in it from the very get go. It's like yeah. this is a place full of fucked up looking people, like uh, full of like inbred. Scary, perverted, drunk, like yep. people, and 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 this is back in the seventies when Texas was not just some place a lot of people lived. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Texas is now, which is kind of 
a place that you might go to, you know, to think about going to Houston or Dallas or something like that. It was a lot of ranch land, a lot of farmland. And not to say it still isn't, but uh, it would, this movie portrays at least this part of Texas, which is, I think, around Dallas, Fort Worth, as being very podunk. I mean, I mean, there's, Texas is still pretty, pretty podunk for a lot of it, but, um, yeah, that is one of the, um, endearing qualities of this movie or one of the really, really, uh, um, great things about this movie is that it was a cast of local people and unknowns. And so when you go from watching a Hollywood movie (laughs) to watching this movie, you realize like, wow, look, all these people look super disturbing. So disturbing. And then you realize like, oh, it's because they, they're real people and they look like real people. It's more than that. It's, they're not just real people. These are real fucked up people. Like that, that, like the dude who washes their window at the gas station, like he's got something going on. Something more than just, just the guy. Just this. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, if you take like a normal, I mean, most people are ugly. Like, let's just get that that out of the way. So if you take, like, a normal to ugly-looking person and tell them to act in a certain way, they're going to do it awkwardly, and it'll look like, like something's off. And so it's... Most dudes are ugly. Let's preface that. Yeah. Like, most dudes could easily be... I can't like I think about ladies and I just like them so much that I that I really can't I can't go yeah a lot of women are really ugly it's hard for me to say but dudes though definitely fugly yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of great just faces in yeah. this movie early on so yeah. when they arrive at the graveyard which for some reason there's just a ton of people hanging around it's because it's because there was um, oh yeah, the desecration. The desecration. The yeah. Um At which is the first visual you get in this movie are these two exhumed corpses put together on a gravestone in a weird sort of like totemic situation. Yeah. And it is haunting. Yeah. Well, the very first visuals are like just extreme close-ups of gooey decomposing body with like shovel sounds yeah 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 that's the credits rolling and uh but yeah so they get to the graveyard and there's just a bunch of old texans like lounging around and that that old guy sitting in the pickup truck that like helps out helps out he's like that that's a great example of this is a real face. Just a good old this boy. Is, this is a real dude. Yeah. Um, yellow teeth, just squinty eyes. Smoking looks like on he's his pipe. Lived a billion years, and I could I could find like hundreds of those guys in Texas. Yeah, for sure. Even now. Um, and then just a guy lounging on the tire <laughs> that's drunk. <laughs> yeah, that guy's disturbing. There's a lot of disturbing people and thoughts and imagery in this movie from the get-go that are meant to... And it has a nice ramp into that kind of lunacy. If, at, when, when, I mean, it establishes a tone really early. Yeah, so there, so there's this group of, of friends, and they're all heading out to, to visit um, Franklin's um, dad's property, his old house that's... Or, that is a piece of property that's been abandoned for a long time. And, and on their way there, they're in this van and Franklin's in a wheelchair in the van and 
there and they see this hitchhiker on the road and they're like, Hey, a hitchhiker. It's, so, it's so hot. By the way, that's, that's a part of this movie that like Texas fucking gross. <laughs> like I do not like this movie portrays Texas as the most miserable shithole. Like, just dusty and hot, and everybody's sweating all the time. Not because there's a good makeup artist, but because it's fucking hot and humid <laughs> and dusty. And, uh, and so they pick up this hitchhiker, and he, and they're, because they're like, he'll die out here <laughs> if we leave him on the road. And that was a bad mistake. This dude is pre tweaker tweaking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was one of the questions I had. Like, what is going on with the acting in this movie? I it it felt so unhinged and overacted for some of these characters. Not all of them, but for Franklin and for that hitchhiker in particular, it's a very it sets a really weird tone. And I was like, is this stylistic or was this drugs? Like, I and I couldn't decide. I think I think that. So, so as it turns out, and we're in spoilers, as it turns out, the hitchhiker is the youngest of the, um, a family member of Leatherface's extended family. Right. Live in this house with him. And I think, he, I think he just was in the, in the character of a true psychopath. Right. I mean, he, he makes sense to the, the one that's like, just just felt like a weird choice was Franklin. Yeah. Like how he so here's here's a clip of Franklin. He's a I wouldn't describe him as subtle. Right now. <laughs> Come on Franklin, it's going to be a fun trip. Raspberries. Just why? He's frustrated because he's in a wheelchair and he can't go up all the stairs in this super cool abandoned house that's so super cool. Yeah, I get it. I get that. What I get the, what he's saying. But, but why? why that choice just <laughs> really over the top? It's like beyond stage acting. Yeah, it's vaudevillian. Yeah. In its portrayal of a <laughs> frustrated person. I think it talked about how um, the guy that played Leatherface really didn't get along with the guy that played Franklin on set. Um, he found him, like, super annoying. And then later he found it like, oh, he was method acting. Can you imagine Offset interacting with this guy that played oh. Franklin if he acted like he did in the movie? Wow. Okay, so, so there's your answer, Fishbulb. The answer is... <laughs> Is this guy is just a bad actor who wanted to be a good actor. <laughs> and how do you do that? By, by tryharding. And he was like, what would a good actor do? He's hmm. like, he's method like, act. He's like Nicolas Cage too early. He's like Jim Carrey and <laughs> Jim and Andy. Um, <laughs> so anyways, so, uh, Toby Hooper is the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he's also the director of Poltergeist. What? From from accounts that I've heard that about Poltergeist, I don't think Toby Hooper did much directing on Poltergeist. He was the official director, but I think Steven Spielberg stepped in a lot to save a dumpster fire. It's a very Gremlins esque sort of thing going on. Yeah, because I think 
Toby Hooper and, and a lot of the stuff I read about the production of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, everyone hated him by the wow. end of it for a lot of it because of just the the uh, conditions on the set. But also it sounded like it went over budget. Like he's it's a great film, but I don't think like Toby Hooper has done a lot of has proven is proven as a great director based off of this movie i think is a lot of it had to do with his vision but a lot of it had to do with chance you know that's interesting and, and insanity because like um yeah like you said this movie looks very very sweaty and like it feels very sweaty just watching it and they accomplish that by being very very sweaty by being in texas yeah in the middle of summer so the days, it was like during a heat wave, I think the production only lasts like four weeks or something like that, three or four weeks, and they shot for like 16-hour days. I do not want to go to Texas based on this movie, and and based on my experiences in Santa Fe in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the scenes, so okay, the big scene with the family at the end, um, the guy that was in, that was grandpa mm-hmm. in the old grandpa makeup truly truly disturbing scene so this is a bit of trivia off of imdb but he had to sit through makeup for four hours and he just put his foot down and said i'm not doing this again like we gotta let's do it all now let's do it all now so that sequence this like adds so much to me that sequence they filmed for 36 hours oh my god and it was in you know over 100 degree weather no air conditioning with raw meat oh in the scene so it said the uh the guy that played leatherface um what's his name a very large norwegian man yeah his name's something hansen Oh no no no! It, this wasn't this wasn't him. This was the guy that played the hitchhiker, uh, Edwin Neal. Mm. He said that it was the worst experience of his life, and he said, and he made sure to point out, and I fought in Vietnam. Wow! So that's saying a lot. Wow! So the heat and the rotting meat, just crew members were. Just Not. like fainting and throwing up, and Oof. it's just just a hellscape of a scene because this guy didn't want to get into makeup again. But really, doesn't that tell you something about Toby Hooper? Yeah, I mean, it says a lot about the whole thing. It also is it's, I mean, it's indicative of, I mean, it helped create one of the best horror movies maybe of all time. Yeah, and that scene in particular, I mean, is so it feels so unhinged. It feels like this is the hundred and hundred and twentieth take of this and they are literally going insane. Yeah, it feels Yeah, it feels like it feels like you get to it feels like you're watching from a camera that was placed in the house of 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 a, a mad person just right. it just really does feel like you're watching a hellscape yeah and and it's so perverse and 
Oh, oof. it gives me chills just thinking about that dinner scene. That dinner scene is so fucked up because because they wheel, they get the grant. They're like, OK, we're going to have dinner with this. Vi- the last of the victims that we've w- we haven't killed her yet. We just tied her up. Right. We brought her in here and now let's get grandpa down here. Now, we've already seen grandpa. He's dead up in the attic with grandma, who's yeah. a fully rotten corpse. It's like total, it's straight out of psycho. It's, you know, um. Yeah. Norma Bates. Yeah. And or so what's, is that her her name? What's, I don't know. What's uh, Norman Bates's mother's name? Mom, Mother Dearest? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, so they're like, get Grandpa down here. It's, we're going to have dinner with our guest. And she is shrieking. I mean, through this whole thing, just haunting shrieks. The, yeah. As far as scream queens go, no woman holds a candle to this girl. <laughs> Because it sounds like she's dying, and they bring Grandpa down, they cut her finger, and then they put it in Grandpa's mouth. Up until this point, you're convinced that Grandpa is an actual corpse, like just a prop set. Yeah, he looks like a corpse that has been rotting for at least five years. And then he starts sucking on her finger. Yeah, it's the most what-the-fuck moment of this whole movie. It's like, out of a lot of what-the-fuck moments. Yeah, out of just... You're just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's so cool that they were able to come up with such a perverse thing so in the 70s. I mean, I guess it had to come out of the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyways, I think Toby Hooper was is probably a mess of a director like I don't think his productions go very well. Um let me let me look up what else he has done. So I know he did Poltergeist. Let's see. Did he have have any success? After this, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> the uh, the guy. Let's see here. He's done a bunch of TV. He did Billy Idol dancing with myself in video short. He did Life Force. That's I think that's a pretty well known horror movie. Uh, Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface. Um, basically stopped acting after this like this was like um he he was just kind of brought into this like as an amateur actor and i think he was a writer and editor um and and uh and he went on to do like one more movie after this i believe but after this this movie was the start and basically end of of his career until yeah he was born in reykjavik iceland uh, so not not Norwegian, but Icelandic, and then he stopped acting for like ten or ten or fifteen years after after this movie. He, I think he went on to do. Let's see here. He did a, he did a lot of stuff in the nineties and and two thousands, but he was in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Oh yeah, and and also Freak Show, which is one of my one of my like strangest. Yeah, one of my strangest uh, like little trivia movies that I enjoy, but is very bad and B B movie esque from um, 1995. But yeah, so I mean, he stopped acting basically because of this movie for like 10, 15 years. Yeah, I think all uh, I think I read that pretty much all of the cast. Toby Hooper said that all of the cast and crew just hated him after the end of the movie, and several of them just like would not talk to him for years afterwards just like 
All right. But hey, I mean, great piece of art came out of it. So thanks, Toby Hooper. Yeah. Um, another last bit of trivia that I'm going to steal from IMDb is that the soundtrack contains no sounds from musical instruments, uh, with the exception of some copyrighted music that they had the rights to. Instead, they used sounds an animal would hear inside a slaughterhouse. Wow. And that was one of the things that that I thought was, like, really great and disturbing. When she goes up into the attic and finds Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. The sounds that were played during that were, like, nothing I've ever heard. And they're really, really disturbing. So here's the, uh, here's some of that. Like, what is that? Like, yeah. it's it's so... And it comes out of the blue. It's... Metal on metal. It's non-diegetic. Like, there's nothing in the scene that's making that sound. It's it's just the soundtrack. And it's metallic. It feels like someone's rubbing a screw on another screw. Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird, but effective. Like, it's really off-putting. And that, that sequence, she's, like, running away, and there's, the stakes are really high. Anyways... Um, while I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, if I were to remake this, I would cast Horatio Sands as Franklin. Accurate. And James Franco as the hitchhiker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as far as, as far as capable actors, number one, yes. And as far as like dead on, like (laughs) they just look the part. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, we already I'd like to I'd stuff. like to progress the storyline of this a little bit because oh, sure, yeah, I think ahead. it's I think it's worthwhile. So they so they they're they pick up this hitchhiker and then they kick him out once he starts doing fucking weird shit like cutting himself and he cuts Franklin and they kick him out and then he like marks the van with some blood. And then they get to the house that uh that's Franklin's dad's property. They kind of wander around it for a little bit. And then they they start to they start to kind of like walk away from the house one at a time in in ones and twos, and one couple they 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 hear a generator in the background, and they start walking toward the sound. And they see this this other house this this neighbor, and and so they're like, hey, I bet I could I hear a generator. I bet I could get some gas for our van. There was no gas at the gas station, so maybe I can just you know. B- work out a little uh little bit of business here and get get some gas and we can be on our way. Well, he walks into the house and it goes from 0 to 60 very quickly. He he walks into the house and you know, after like knocking on a door, knock knock knock, is anyone home? And then the door swings open, of course. He walks in to this to this room beneath the stairs, looks around, and then Leatherface just mauls him with a with a sledgehammer in the head kills him immediately or and and then proceeds to process his body off off scene and then everyone basically everyone from that group of teens shows up this house and ones and twos and ones and twos unknowing and all get killed in similar ways until the the final girl sally and then she gets captured and 
And she tries to run away and runs back to this gas station that they visited. And then the gas station attendant, you know, acts like he's going to help her, but actually just ties her up and takes him back to the turns out same to be, home. Turns out to be the dad. Yeah. And it's all all one family. Who is who is producing barbecue in his gas station uh-huh. made of human remains. Yeah. That we learned that that this family is a front. Basically their their front is we kill people, make them into sausages and barbecue, and then we sell it at our gas station. And that's how we that's our gig. Yeah. That's what we've worked out. There's a there's a great setup in the opening sequence in, in the, the in the van yeah. where Franklin's talking about. I mean, it's almost a non sequitur. They're like, "Oh, hey, look! There's look at that slaughterhouse. That's like the one Grandpa used to work at." And then he goes on kind of a five minute, pretty detailed, detailed and disturbing description of a slaughterhouse and what happens, like what used to happen, what happens now yeah. in modern day. And a lot of the interchange between Franklin and this hitchhiker is about slaughterhouses and killing cattle and killing things. And um, it's a really, really great setup. And it, it frames the whole movie because you've got, he's describing killing these sentient animals and he's just like, oh yeah, they used to just, Use a sledgehammer and hit him in the head. Sometimes it doesn't work on the first hit, so you got to hit him a couple times. Um, they don't do that now. They do it more humanely now. But, like, it's setting up. You're like, ugh, I don't want to think about this. Like, yeah. boo. Because you're, in your mind, you're thinking of a cow getting sledgehammered in the head. Yeah. And it's way more disturbing what's happening in your mind than if you watched it. And then, so the first death caused by Leatherface, uh, when the guy walks into the house. Another note that we'll talk about in a, in a second is, you know, he was justified. <laughs> he got to protect himself. There, there's the castle doctrine. You yeah. Know, people, just teenagers walking in your house, like, you have every right to sledgehammer in the face. Right, yeah. Don't Anyways, come walking in my house. So the guy, <laughs> I'm going to get my sledgehammer from behind the door. So Leatherface like just comes out of nowhere and hits the dude in the head with a sledgehammer, and it's basically reenacting what Franklin described with the cattle. Dude falls to the ground and is just like flailing yeah. like a like a trapped animal, like a chicken with its head cut off. Yeah, like just, like its nerve responses. Like this like, is a dead person. Like flopping, uh, like seizuring on the ground yeah. until he is. I mean, it's really disturbing. That's one of the things about this movie that is that makes it a classic, and in my mind, lets it deserve a ten out of ten. Is every death in this movie is fantastic. Yeah, every kill is unique. It's unexpected and it is it it is it and it's pulled off perfect and it makes you so uncomfortable yeah so the first death is the guy getting sledgehammered in the head which is just watching him flail around is like wow that is that's how that would happen it feels way too real um the second death is just the girl tries to run away and then you know there's a billion gifts of this of leather Leatherface grabbing her just as she's getting out the door and just carrying her back like a gigantic monster and putting her on a hook. 
on a meat yeah, hook. there's some meat hook. There's a camera angle from behind some meat hooks as he walks into the room, and then he just kind of lifts her up and yeah. puts her on it. Oh boy, that makes me. And then um, makes my heels. The hurt. who's next? Is the other? It was the other dude. So this, the second guy is killed with a sledgehammer again, and then probably my favorite death. And they set it up so great is Franklin. Um, so Franklin and Sally are the last two kids back at the the house that they're visiting, like Grandpa's old house or whatever. And none of the others have come back yet. And Franklin's freaking out with his overacting and, and weirdness. And they decide to to go out uh, down the path that they went, uh, take a flashlight. And they're walking through, you know, this forest field and whatnot. And and they set it up. The setup for it is so great because it's um, it's like hypnotizing. It's slow. They're walking through. And you're expecting... What you're expecting to happen is they're walking and it's like a establishing shot. That they're walking and journeying. And then they... You know, you expect them to like find a clue, right? You know, if this was any other movie, they'd find a clue, or they'd be, or there'd be a moment of like contemplation. Well, well maybe they went into that house, you know, because yeah. the danger is in the house, right? Um, but they're walking, and it's hypnotizing because they're just yelling out the names of the people, yeah, like Jerry, blah blah, yeah. Jerry, and it goes on, you know, for a couple minutes, a, a little while. And then just out of the darkness, like, Leatherface shows up in the flashlight light and rips through Franklin with his chainsaw. Yeah. It's, the timing on it is so impressively good. The editing for that scene is so perfect that, I mean, I'm pretty jaded. I've seen a lot of horror movies and a lot of slashers, and that one still surprised me. Yeah, it's it's definitely a great one. And um and yeah, all all the all, all, the movie is so raw and and uh and actually one of the things I wanted to I wanted to mention was in that setup in the in the van where he's talking about killing cattle in the in the slaughterhouse and then they pick up the hitchhiker and he's like, "Hey, you might you just came from the slaughterhouse?" It's like, "Yeah, I I I work there." And they're like, oh, do they use, do they use that pneumatic hammer to, you know, to just to put a bolt through their head real quick? He's like, yeah, I don't like that hammer. They're like, what? Why? I, I thought it was a lot more, you know, a lot more, uh, humane to, ki- to kill him quickly like that instead of with the sledgehammer. He's like, yeah, a lot of jobs got lost when, you know, a lot of sledgehammer swinging dudes. <laughs> Lost their jobs when they got that pneumatic hammer. You know, it just automated the process and a lot of jobs lost. And that, to me, sets up this whole family, right? You have a long line of cattle-killing motherfuckers who... And, and this is another thing. When I was a kid, for some reason, I there was some little thing that was said around the schoolyard where it was like, dudes who kill cattle, like they, you can get bloodlust. What, what's bloodlust? As a little kid, I'm like, oh, what? Like, if you kill some, a, a, a bunch of things over and over and over and over again, 
and and that's just your job every day it becomes like a thing that that you want to do this like, is fascinating I've, it, never, I've never heard of this before it's uh, it was so fascinating to me as a little kid i was like what that's so macabre and like dark and there's a dude whose whole job is just killing animals like yeah he stands on he stands on this raised platform above cows and these cows are filtered into this this funnel and as they walk in he just bonks them on the head with a sledgehammer over and over again or puts this pneumatic hammer through through their skull over and over again and they have to shorten their shifts because otherwise this prolonged exposure to killing beings can produce a person who's really fucked up in the head <laughs> and so to me, this, it kind of, it kind of like, it kind of makes everything click f f with this like urban myth, m maybe, uh, that I heard as a kid of like, this guy's family all killed cattle. Then they got, then they got automated out with the pneumatic hammers and now they just kill people. Well, yeah. And then the other thing he says too is they don't die as good. Right. They don't die as good. Yeah. And good is, is a, is <laughs> a relative term. Relative <laughs> term. Yeah. That's a, um, Okay, so the script, I couldn't tell whether there really was a script or the script just sounds like really bad amp improvised dialogue. Yeah, it's hard to say because I'm, pr I'm very convinced that Franklin is just a bad actor, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's hard to piece out exactly. It's got that thing in improv dialogue where it's... Um, they're repeating themselves a lot. Yes. Like, and, and each different character is saying the same thing. Right. They're all talking over each other, but saying the exact same thing. It's like, I've got to say something. Oh, look at that. That was really weird. What's he doing? What's, what's, what's he doing? What? It's, it just feels bad. <laughs> but it also, it, it also feels kind of real because of that. Yeah. Because there's always that idiot who's like, who just pantomimes everything you do and say? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Franklin. It's going to be a fun trip. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the script's not like a masterpiece or anything, but... No, but the concept is. The concept is. And... And the amount that this movie inspired, the things that this movie, like Rob Zombie would not be, would not be a filmmaker without right, this movie. Right. Period. Hard stop. Um, talked about a lot. There's a couple things that, are, these are more like just one-off observations or whatever. One of the more disturbing images, and this is, I don't know if you've ever come across a daddy long legs nest. Yeah, no, I haven't. I've seen them on YouTube. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. the things that they find in the old decrepit house that they're visiting is just this nest of daddy long legs. And I remember when I lived in Texas, that was like a relatively common occurrence coming in coming across like a big just mass of black. That's that's daddy long legs right. nest, and you poke it, and it's just like. That's right. You lived in Texas. Yeah. So you came across these daddy long legs in this nightmare land. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was, and it's, it is disturbing to look at them. Um, okay, another, another great sequence 
um, this is right after Franklin's death, is when Sally is running away from Leatherface in the woods. This is a fantastic sequence. It feels exactly like a nightmare. Yeah. Like, if you if you were running away from Leatherface, it's exactly what would happen. You'd she, be like... She, she jumps out a second story window, lands, and then... Begins running as as best she can after jumping out a second story window. No, this is before that. This is oh, when I'm sorry. this is when this is like before she gets caught. Oh, okay. so Franklin just got murdered. Ah, and then she's running through the woods, and there's a lot of just like really twiggy branches and stuff that you know could catch on your clothes, and you'd like try to push aside, and then it it hinders her running away, but then it gets to a point where she's literally like, she can't go any further. All the branches have blocked her way. Yeah. It's like a bramble or something. Yeah. And Leatherface is still coming after her. It, it just feels exactly like when you're running away from a killer in your, in your nightmare and you're not helpless and you're like not able to run quick yeah. enough. Yeah. And like your legs are, feel like they're in quicksand. That's gross. And then it's a bad feel. Leatherface comes and then you wake up. So it was, it was just a very, very great sequence. And then, and then, yeah, the, the dinner scene happens, which is, you know, the, probably the, the pinnacle of the movie. And then she jumps out the window and runs away into the road. It's one of the pinnacles of horror. Like the, there are few scenes as, as visceral as that dinner scene. Right. Just because the the franticness yeah. of it, and and the all and the, it's like that it's like all those dudes are feeding off of each other's insanity. It's and, one of those things where it raises the stakes and and like steps it up to where that's one of the things that a lot of slasher movies, um, like peter out on mm-hmm. is the ending because they have nowhere to go. It's right. like the whole movie is a guy is chasing someone and trying to kill them like there's not really anywhere to go yeah with that other than does the last girl get away or not mm-hmm. and with this one they did have somewhere to go because it was like unveiled a conspiracy and a lot of fucked up people not just one insane person you know yeah. that all these weird people are interconnected and it's all for your demise Ugh. And they and they want Grandpa to kill her so badly. Right. Th- that's that's the most frantic thing. And her screaming is so convincing to me. Yeah, like it's all. It feels like it feels like watching a snuff film. Yeah, kinda. it's like not that I would know what that's like. I I've never seen a snuff film, but I imagine that this is what that feels like. Yeah. So they are <laughs> like, ah, oh, Grandpa was the best. Let's let Grandpa kill her. Yeah. And then they're like, try it. They're trying to like put the hammer. It's like a hand hammer in his yeah. hand, and he keeps dropping it and kind of just like limply swinging it, just kind of half bonking her on yeah. the head. Um, enough. So I mean, it's like a metal hammer, so it's doing, you know, cutting into her skin or whatnot. But yeah, it's just Blech. really <laughs> disturbing. And then she escapes, um, and then goes into the road, and the final sequence is Hitchhiker Dude gets run over by a giant semi-truck. Nubbins. Leather, nubs. Leatherface is still coming after them, and Sally escapes in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. And then it's the iconic, like, Leatherface swinging 
the chainsaw frustratedly yeah. in the air. Another bit of trivia. Apparently, leather in the script it just called for him to stomp. You know, frustrated, uh-huh. show frustration by stomping. But um, Gunner Hansen was just so fed up with this whole process that he was swinging around the chainsaw to just kind of scare Toby Hooper. Ooh, just <laughs> just kind of like. There's no way there was a chain on that saw, by the way. The, apparently, the, there was a lot of real chainsaws well, that, I, like, had chains on them. Like, it, it said that the scene where Leatherface was cutting up the first guy on the table with, with the girl on the hook. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he got, like, three inches away from the guy's face with a with a, there with was a no real way there chainsaw. Was a, there's, well, I'm sure it was a real chainsaw, but there's no way there was a chain on that saw. I, I'm. That's what it seemed like it said. There's no way. There's no way. And then the other scene where... Okay, so when, when Sally's running away at the end, we're jumping all over the place, but back to the end where Sally's running away and... Um, he cuts leather, himself. Leatherface, yeah, gets knocked down and he drops the chainsaw on his leg. Have you heard about how they did that? No. no. So it's a real chainsaw. Like, they've got a real chain on it and the, the stuntman or whoever was... Um, Leatherface in that scene they had a piece of metal on his leg and then they put a piece of meat with a blood bag on top of it and so they dropped the chainsaw on that and <sighs> made it it was literally like cutting into this meat and blood but <laughs> the reaction of the guy of pain was genuine because the chain caused the friction on the metal so quickly that it burned him on his leg. I can't express how dangerous that is. Yeah. It's like I like having been a person who used a chainsaw for a long time for my work. I've been I've been appropriately trained to be very very respectful and scared of Yeah, man, that if that chainsaw just caught on that piece of metal and <sighs> shifted it, that guy's leg would lo- I mean that would literally be He'd lose someone's it. leg getting yeah. sawn off. Um. Yeah, lots of great stuff. So, <laughs> the other I disapprove. <laughs> um. Did you know that Toby Hooper was? Is it is it pronounced Toby or Tobe? I don't know. Or to be. I don't know. Hopefully Toby, because otherwise we're gonna look like fucking no, idiots. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Toby, but it's spelled T O B E, so it could be to be or Tobe. Toby. It's Toby. Anyways, Toby Hooper, when he was editing this film, he was trying to get a PG rating. Yeah, not gonna fly. So, if you... This is another example of of uh, don't show stuff and it's better. Because this is one of the least bloody horror films... Like if you if you actually look at how much blood is in this movie, it's all like surface cuts. <laughs> you know, like you don't it never shows any gore. That's in this movie at true. all. It's it's all in your head. Yeah. You don't see the chainsaw going into anyone. That's very true. Um a lot of the stuff is off camera or behind someone. And so he was trying really really hard to edit this down and make it tame 
to be a PG rating. So this is before PG-13 existed. So this was like the general, you know, this is like the sweet spot back then. Right. And And in 76, Jaws got the PG. Yeah. So they, (laughs) he tried so hard to not show anything that it made it more disturbing because it's all in your head in that, in that sense. Sorry. Jaws was 75. It's the same. Same reason why people say, like, oh, Quentin Tarantino is, like, one of the bloodiest, most gory directors ever when they when Pulp Fiction was released. And there's, like, there's nothing in Pulp Fiction. If you actually watch what's on camera, it's all in your head. Yeah. There's a lot of violence, but it doesn't happen on camera. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, he tried, Toby Hooper tried several times to recut the film, and they went over budget on editing to try to get the MPAA to rate it down and like at different times they had rated it x <laughs> wow and they finally got to like an r and he just gave up and he's like all right whatever boy let me see that that version but this this movie was banned in several countries for years like the yeah. uk australia Finland. didn't get it for like seven or eight years yeah and there's different cuts of it like they even those places that didn't ban it they edit it for you know for decency or whatever until you know it took until well into the 80s before an un, uncut version was released in a lot of countries so so the moral to the story of chainsaw massacre texas chainsaw massacre is stop going into strangers houses yeah don't do that just this all would never have happened if they didn't walk into the spider web someone's house just don't walk into... Don't go where you're not invited. Even if you hear them. Who does that? Yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty... Ne- it was a simpler time. You want like to know why before. you don't do that? Because everybody is... Because someone could shoot you or hit you in the head with a sledgehammer and they'd be justified. Because every next door neighbor is a serial killer who wears women's skin. Yes. Anyways. What a great movie. Great movie. Very influential, single-handedly almost maybe birth slashers. Yeah, and it's still. I mean, if you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, if you watch Friday the Thirteenth, if you watch Halloween, none of them hold a candle. None of them hold a candle to how disturbing this is. Yeah, and 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 alarming. Yeah, it's it's really. still visceral yeah 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 a lot of visceral things like the the bones the meat the meat hook ugly people chainsaw like the inbred weirdness the weird acting like unhinged cannibalism stuff yeah it's preserving your relatives wearing people's skin building furniture out of out of bones and skin. Yeah. Like keeping animals inside. It's a madhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right. Final recommendations. Who would like this? I mean, I mean, it's just a must see. It is a must see, but it is, it is truly disturbing. Yeah. This is, this is not a movie to fuck around with. If, if you, if you're on the fence about horror movies, don't see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This will stick with you and be in your head forever. Yeah. 
But if you're into horror movies, you you need to see it. Yeah, absolutely. If you were like me and you haven't seen it, yeah, just just do it. Like, yeah, you, you need the credibility. Required homework. All right. So that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe eventually we'll review some of the sequels or remakes. I don't know. What did you think of the remake? You've seen it, right? Uh, yeah, I have seen the remake. Uh, it, but I saw it in high school. Uh, it wasn't bad, as, as I recall. But it was, uh, and you know, actually, a lot of it stuck with me. But I don't remember it being like great. Uh, they definitely used that sound that you that sound clip that you played uh, from the attic scene a lot. Like oh, that's yeah. that is this movie's calling card. And um, and so. I do remember hearing that a lot in, in the, in the whatever it was, the 2005 or six remake. I guess I wasn't in high school, but I was in college. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was 2003. Yeah. Uh, there's no way of knowing. No way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to taglines. All right, so Taglines is a game where we uh, come up with alternate taglines for the movie that we think might fit better or, uh, you know, are funnier. Yeah. Or goofy. Or goofy. You want to go first or should I? Uh, I'll go first. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leatherface stands his own ground. <laughs> here's uh, here's mine. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Where in hell are you from anyway, Private? Sir, Texas, sir! Holy dog shit, Texas only steers and queers come from Texas, Private Cowboy. And you don't much look like a steer to me, so that kind of narrows it down. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty long tagline. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. No, um, that that wasn't mine. That's just a bonus. Uh-huh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What not to the what not to do portion of the Chainsaw Safety Course. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Meat is murder. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Doesn't Texas just look miserable? Jesus fucking Christ. Look at how miserable this place is. <laughs> Don't go to Texas. All right, my last one. Uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The handy capable meet sorry. <laughs> the handy capable meet morality play. Meet morality play. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Raspberries, the ultimate diss. <laughs> Everybody in this movie who wanted to diss somebody else. <gasps> that the uh the 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 hitchhiker was yeah. was scolded by his father and he and he was like, "Go get out of here, you crazy kid." And, his, and the hitchhiker was like, "Oh dad, you Lots of lots of raspberries going on in this movie. Like like it was it must have been so offensive or something like that. I don't know. I think that's like just something that uh you know, mentally 
challenged people do, maybe? Handy capable. Handy capable. That, I was, want- that was one thing, like the, the meat part of it, like setting it up with the slaughterhouse yeah. dialogue. And it's very, very much so of like juxtaposing. Yeah, this is what we do to cattle. This is what will happen to you in this movie. Yeah. To where it's it's uh, not super subtle that it's talking about, you know, murder in terms of killing animals. Or, right. Um, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Del Toro. What's his name? The director? Guillermo. Guillermo Del Toro. He said that he, was, he turned vegetarian for a while just after he watched this movie. Wow. Yeah. I... I really wanted to write a tagline involving booty shorts. Oh, God. Yeah, we didn't... There were some nice booties portrayed in this movie. Well, yeah, especially the yeah the one in short shorts. Yeah. There was definitely some low-angle shots that were right up in there. They were constantly right at her ass cheeks. Yeah, I've seen that angle... With in, good purpose. ...in several pornos. <laughs> like, yeah, there's... They did it right on the uh, the flesh part of it. I mean, they got the the booty angle right. The ass the, was fat. The uh, <laughs> they got the uh, the halter top. Like, when are halter tops coming back? Oh, for real, man! The whole back open. Yeah. Whew. And then uh, so pretty. They're, they're just basically like slings for boobs. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's a boob sling. A and woman's then, back is so pretty. I find the back to be the most attractive part of it. <laughs> Are you a breast man or a butt man? I prefer the back. <laughs> no, I but, prefer a spine. But honestly, though, th- that her back was very prominently shown in this movie. Not just her butt, but I do mean her back. Yeah. Because she's wearing this halter top. And very pretty. Very yeah. pretty woman. And then the other one, Sally, um, I don't think she was really wearing a bra. Her, oh, no. Her nipples were... F- very prominent. Yeah, they could have possibly been set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> like they like they might have actually been props. I'm like, not sure. When you can tell the type of nipple <laughs> that a woman has like from her shirt like like oh yeah, I know exactly what those look like. They weren't sloppy perps. No. <laughs> they were, you know, a little puffy. They're they're nice. Mhm. Mhm. And I didn't even have to see him to know that. No, I, I mean, I did see them. <laughs> I definitely saw them. Oh. By the way, happy International Women's Day. <laughs> Is it? No, it was yesterday. Though. Oh, okay. As we record this. Yeah. Um, it's right. I don't know any inter- international women. I don't either. <laughs> international women of mystery. Um. All right. Do you have any other taglines? No, that's it. All right. That was taglines. Horror movie talk brought to you by David and Bryce. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, th- that's, it's a great movie. Go see it. Um, let us know what you think about us reviewing, like, the classics. I don't think we've done, like, a true classic yet. Halloween. I think the, yeah, we've done Halloween. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Yeah. Um We still haven't done Exorcist? No. Did we do We haven't done the first paranormal activity. 
No. Done Paranormal Activity 2, which... And Ghost Dimension. Yeah, so let us know what you think about... Do you like us talking about classic, like the the masterpieces, or has it been done to death already? Yeah, let us know Um, in the comments below. Let us know in the comments below or on social media. Find us on Twitter, at Horror Movie Talk, or on Facebook, Horror Movie Talk Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please... If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend. Or even if you didn't enjoy it, but you know someone that would like it, share it with a friend. We're not just saying that. We actually mean it. Yeah. That's you. Yeah, we... Like, right now, you got a phone, or you're on a computer. There's a share button. I'm just sure sh- of it. Share. Just put it, on your, put it on your social media. Please. Please. Please share. Um, the code again for Shudder to get a 30-day free trial is HMT at checkout. Uh, use that, and you can watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, visit our website at horrormovietalk.com and click through the button in the uh, top banner, and that'll help us out. Um, yeah. Look forward to talking to you, and hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know uh, any of your, of your feedback on Twitter, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We love you. Have a good day.